Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as Sir Ezra, the watchful history of Magic Professor, the flannel wizard, obviously yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, my wonderful co-host, and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Einen wunderschönen guten Tag. We're so happy that you're here. Come on in. Make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 78 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week, we talk about chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Hermione's secret. Hermione. 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 I think he says something like her you know, mine. Hermione. Hermione. Hermione, as in, and that's maybe her secret, right? Um, Hermione's secret. Yeah. I think, I think Hermione <laughs> has a few secrets, to be honest with you. All right. Oh, yeah, she does. Oh, yes, she does. Just in later books, I think she got. <laughs> Quite a few more secrets uh, we'll talk about as the series unfolds. The fanfic is wild on Hermione and oh. all these other characters. So, uh, what do you ship? Hermione and Draco, Hermione and Victor, mm. Hermione and Ron, Hermione, Hermione and Harry. Harry. I've always just shipped Hermione and Hermione. Oh, 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 gotcha. As in, like, Emma Watson talks about dating herself. And that's such oh, a, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, she's just solid. She just is. She's just good. Now, yes, she's a, a teenager here at a wizarding school, and she loves Ron, yeah. and so I'm all for it. She loves Ron, yes. and she always has. Okay. I know. People say they're not meant to be with each other, but who are hogwash. we to say that? Co- Codswallop. Did you say hogwash? Hogs. What did I, I don't know what I said. Hogwash. <laughs> hogwash. That's great. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, Hagrid would say Codswallop. Yes, he would. All right. We'll get into a small Squirt of cottage ketchup and challenge Bill with one trivia question, and then we'll get right into the long summary of this wild chapter. Hey, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, Let's right. go. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Let's make our predictions right now. Who do you think's going to win? I'll tell you who's playing because Lottie doesn't even know who's playing. All right. We can pick from there. I, I, I know who's playing. Who? I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Taylor. You're rooting for Taylor? Yes. Boy, you just, if I post this on the internet, people are going to be so ticked. <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, are you kidding me? Like half the internet will be like, yes, 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 yes. The other half will be like, what, why is everything about her and she's the Super Bowl? Okay. This is dark thing. I know. Calm down. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I don't want to, like, I don't know how they do it, how she does it. You know, your whole life is on TV all the right. time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, hopefully, hopefully they, they, you know, are Ho- okay. Hopefully and they're fine. And hopefully they win the Super Bowl. I yes. mean... Uh, truly you know? without even without taylor rooting for them who would you want to win just from how the team's performance or p- players you like or um how the team's performance probably how the team's, how the, perform- how the team's performance i can't talk I, i'm just trying to speak <laughs> my english words um i would probably be rooting for the chiefs just because i have a lot of respect for them and yeah. i think the 49ers have typically been, um, you know, they've had their dynasty days back in the past. They've won quite a bit of football. Why yeah. are you grinning so much? Yeah, yeah. Because I never talked to you about football. <laughs> you, never, you don't realize how much I know. No, I love okay. that you said dynasty days. Oh, dynasty days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I would say that I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know people are going to hate me for it, but I actually like Travis Kelsey. I think he's a he's an interesting, cool dude, and, you know, I don't know. I have a question for you. Like his family and his brother. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you mm-hmm. like no. him. Yeah. Uh, people have said you look like him a little bit. So. 
Which is crazy. Sorry. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, I Sorry. Think I, I no. I looked at a picture and I think it there. No, he likes to keep it short on the sides. I, I like to keep it short on the sides too. You know, <laughs> I like that. Um, but uh, no, I somebody said that and I thought I need to hit the gym like a madman now. <laughs> People are gonna start comparing me to Travis Kelsey just in in terms well, of the haircut. Then I've got to go to the gym. More. It was so nice though because it was you said it was in. A little older lady, right? Mm-hmm. And who said it in front of all your female colleagues. So. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, she didn't even know who it was. Oh. She didn't even know who it was in the magazine. So she looked him up. She, no, no. She walked by. There was a magazine just yeah. in the office, right? She walks by and it's there. It's, you know, this feature of him. He's been yeah. going crazy um, for that team. And she walks by and she's like, oh my gosh, that looks like Ezra. <laughs> and everyone's like, you know, Spitzer got, what'd you say? <laughs> you know, and it was, it was crazy. Not gonna lie, it was crazy. So um, so anyways, but then I thought, oh, hey, you know, maybe Lottie's got that T-Swift vibe going, so. Oh, that's, yeah, back in the day. You know, when we'll I just be that. Uh, blonde curls, and Taylor also had blonde curls, and she's almost my age, and I'm tall, she's tall. Like, people here in the United States, I didn't even know who she was, and they, yeah. Yeah, I have like, Hi, awesome stories with a mailman who thought I'm Taylor Swift and some girls taking a picture with me. And my, another exchange student from France, Mimi, bless her heart, she tra- she's like, I'm going to, she had a really good camera back in the day. I'm going to shoot some pictures of you. You look like Taylor Swift. And I had no clue what was going on. That's hilarious. I think. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, I think I should try one day, like, um, grow my hair out even more and then mm-hmm. have the bangs and then have, like, yeah. Little curls around it. Diet the same as hers. Yeah. Yeah. Be wild. Get some fancy costume going. I well, don't know. I do. I, so if I go <laughs> on a big bulk right now, if I start bulking and try to yeah. grow those big muscles like Travis has, he's got these big old arms, right? Big dude. Um, stud. I actually like him. I think he's a great dude. <laughs> um, rooting for him. But anyway, um, maybe we could go for Halloween. We could go. I know. That would Taylor be so funny. Travis. Yeah. I'll get some football pads. Let's if do I don't have the muscles yet, I'll, I'll I'll get the pads on so that way it looks like I'm. We should yes, we should do two different outfits. Like go to one party as a like Harry Potter themed or Star Wars themed couple, and right, then the right. other one we go as Travis and Taylor or as yeah. school or something. I know tons of people are going to be doing that. So too, <laughs> you know, it's just like we we'll have to get the hair right. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, okay, anyway. so Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I had a question for you. Do yep. you think there was a similar? celeb status when Ginny Potter was playing and Harry Potter was in the stands rooting for his oh wife. Oh my gosh, probably. And there everyone probably. was like going crazy over the fact that Mr. Harry Potter is right. in the stands watching yeah. his wife. Crazy. Like Quidditch. Yeah. The crazy thing, yeah, right. It's like they were already kind of dating coming out of Hogwarts, so yeah. there's that. But I guess if you're growing up and you didn't know them and then you started to kind of fall in love with Ginny as a Quidditch player. And then you realize, yeah. like, oh, my gosh, she's also with, like, this Titan, you know, in yeah. the Wizarding World, Harry Potter. And now he's, oh my gosh. I think, the head of the Aura office. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So, <laughs> big deal. Power couple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. It's fun. Actually, we did a really cool poll over on our uh, YouTube page where we went over power couple. Who's le- I got it right here. Let me see who's leading Yeah, who's that. leading? Tell because me. we basically, um, I we was had a couple of questions. A couple of questions. Yeah, what were the different um, questions? Because you had power couple in Harry the different, Potter, um, power couple in Harry Potter. Who's the you know, what did I say? So best couple, best power couple in, in Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts. Yep. Which right now leading that is actually Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Let's go. Wow. And in, in, <laughs> in second place is, is Jacob and Queenie, and then Newt and Tina are are in third. But you know they're our favorites. 
Uh, most underrated couple in Harry Potter. Tell us. Fleur and Bill, oh, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Sixty four percent like just blows everybody else out of the water. Like everyone wants more Fleur and Bill. It's amazing to see how Harry Potter fans are just like, yeah, Fleur and Bill, freaking They're awesome. They rule. Please check out uh Magic by Michaela's video about Fleur. It's hilarious. I Oh I yeah. think I just adore her. Right. She's so funny. She's doing such a good job. Everyone was always like Laura, yes, she's a great person, but then she says this one line where, like, I'm beautiful enough for both of us. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> true. So, you know, and I, I, hey, again, I. But she plays it off so well. So, uh, yeah, go follow Michaela. Mm-hmm. You probably already have, but. See, now my Fleur uh, is, is too <laughs> humble to say that, but I'll go ahead and say it for uh, our, our little relationship couple power couple right here that uh, she's she's carrying the good looks so appreciate you stop appreciate you <laughs> you're a handsome man so. okay um so that was <laughs> okay, be- let's talk about something <laughs> okay, okay, okay. um best power couple in harry potter uh best power couple best 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 molly and arthur let's go wow i didn't expect anything else from the fandom thank you guys yeah no and i think tied though interestingly is tied in second place Remus and Tonks at 17% and uh, Ron and Hermione at 17%. Let's go. Yeah, there I actually really like that. People are not a huge fan of Harry and Ginny, mm. uh, I've, I've heard. But I love it. I, in the Me books, too. love their relationship, and I, yep. I think it's awesome. So. Well, people think Hermione and Harry belong together, but I would disagree. No, 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 no. Mm. They're besties. Sorry. <laughs> like, out on that. I mean, yep. yeah, they can, she's, yeah, she they loves just, Ron. Yep. She's... You know, that, that's been hinted at the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yes. Anyway. And, uh, oh, let us know before we dive into trivia training, who was another underrated couple that was kind of unexpected that people voted for them? Oh, the another underrated couple? Let me see here. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, back. So, Fleur and Bill were the underrated, you know, most rated underrated couple mm-hmm. at 64%. And then at 15% is actually Narcissa and lucius yes. but then followed by them is vernon and petunia <laughs> they were i really i put them up there and i was like People. you know we'll see if someone clicks if someone actually says but they are arguing the, all the crazy stuff they're going through and never once has vernon complained to petunia this is your nephew you brought this into my life never once we don't mm-hmm. see that one i mean we don't really know what happens behind closed doors you know I mean, right <laughs> Here but we go. Petunia was all for Vernon moving the family to the middle of nowhere if it means that Harry true. can be unhappy. Well, I think they meant to say, well, I was thinking, I, I was mean, reading that as like Vernon could be happy. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, yeah there's, there people got pretty, oh, they got pretty mean in there about the Dursleys. People do. I mean, the Dursleys, they're horrible people, but horrible. they give them credit for being like as a couple. Right. What they go through and how strong their relationship is. I like is. their house. I like Me their too. house. I like their backyard. <laughs> I, I like their hedge line. I think it looks good. You know what I mean? So, goals. In German, people will call it, they're such spisa. 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 I don't even know what that would be. Like someone who's so typical. They have their typical house, yeah. tree, job. Everything's so super typical. I like that. Yeah. I like it. Let's go. Nothing outside the I also norm. like the They want to be the most normal people in the world, right? Right, right. I also like the borough, so I like a mix and match. But True. at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I just... Yeah. I don't know. I think that's maybe why I defend Vernon and Petunia sometimes <laughs> when we started this podcast is because mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. 
if you get rid of all the other stuff, I just think I have neighbors. So I saw these two neighbors who were all about like they looked like Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia, like yeah. s- straight yeah. up and just delightful. Very nice, pleasant, mm-hmm. but very normal. Yeah. Very just like into the normal things that everyone else is in the know on and reading their paper out on their back porch doing their thing and then mowing grass and trimming the hedge line and like they and my dad like kept up their yards pristine oh yeah it was like if my dad if my dad was mowing then uncle vernon across (laughs) the street was mowing vice versa yeah he's like i gotta get out there and mow gotta get out there and mow like awesome it was was wild so i mean yes your dad's backyard looks tippy toppy every all the time yeah love it he's crazy Okay, um, well, moving on, let's get some training done. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you can see, I have one question for today, and there is some uh, choices. So you don't Multiple have to choice. know the answer mm. from your... From a memory? Memory. Okay. What's memory? <laughs> okay, question. What is the full name of the author of... The Monster Book of Monsters, a textbook required for the Care of Magical Creatures class in Harry's third year at Hogwarts. Is it A, Edwardus Lima or Lima? B, Quentin Trimble? C, Libatius Borich? Libatius? Probably Libatius. Sorry if I mispronounce them. A, Ed- Edwardus Lima? Uh-huh. Quentin Trimble? Or mm-hmm. C, Libatius Borich? <laughs> I was trying to figure out whether when you were stumbling over them, like if you hadn't come up with the options yourself. But did you? Where did you get all these names from? All three of these names. Did you create them or did you get them from? They're all actual authors? names from the Harry Potter series. Dang. None of them are made up. I'm gonna go with B. B. Quentin Trimble. No, 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 no. It's not that one. It's not that one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I knew that. I mean, that. come on. I'm just messing with you, okay? Okay. So, it's B. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, Quentin Trimble. You're trembling because the the monster book of monsters is so scary. It oh. makes you tremble. Okay. So, B. Yeah, I mean, sounds plausible. But, but it's wrong. <laughs> but it's wrong. What's the first? This is A. It's A. It's A. Gosh, it's, dang. I knew it was Ward A. And Lima. He wrote the Monster Book of Monsters. Quentin Trimble is mentioned in the the series as the author of The Dark Forces: A Guide to Self-Protection. Whoa. And this was the textbook they uh got for the first year. Okay. So that was a textbook that Quirrell put on the list. Nice. Okay. And Libatius Borich is also an author of How do you spell Libatius? L-I-B-A-T-I-U-S. Is that how okay. you say your name, his name? Libatious? Yeah. Libatious? Libatious. Libatious? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Um, he wrote several potions books, including... <laughs> inc- including... <laughs> I'm turning it... <laughs> What's going on? What's going on, Flem? What's going on, <laughs> Including advanced potion making and magical drafts and potions. You know, some people might have thought what I just said right there was really mean. I'm totally just kidding, by the way. Oh, so Libatious, sorry. Libatious. Or Libatious. He wrote advanced potion making. He was not as good as Professor Snape, obviously. Interesting. Because his recipes didn't include all the good tips and tricks. So you remember when we were up in, at uh, Catawba, we were up Mm -hmm. at Catawba Island. Yes. And we met with, I won't, I don't know if I should say her name. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. 
We yes. just we know her as Joan. Yeah. Or Joan. Right? We actually oh my, know, oh my gosh. So not I'm, Sorry. What Sorry, if that Joan. was what if she wrote in? What if that's what if that's her? <laughs> we don't actually don't know. Anyway, sorry. You, um yeah, we would probably know. <laughs> no, but uh we were up there and we were meeting with some of um you know, you're you're from that area kind of yeah. essentially. You've I I, I kind of say you have family up there in Port Clinton in that area. I do. And Former so host family. we go up there from time to time. Beautiful place. We get to go up there to Kelly's Island. Um, what else is a Putin Bay? Putin Bay is up there just off the coast of uh, of uh, Catawba or Port Clinton, you know. Yes. So we're up there and I'll never we're like going over to visit this individual member of the church from yeah. your host mom. Yeah. Family just meeting and she lives in a really nice spot. Great. And wonderful my, house. I think we were even recruiting my dad to maybe yeah. work on the deck out front and everything. And she asked us to come in and have some libations, right? Some some libations. You remember that? Yes. She kept she kept, and I was like, yes. what is she talking about? It is a drink poured out as an offering to a deity, right? So it was her sort of way of like, oh, okay, you know, celebrate be, being kind <laughs> of cle- okay. c- clever about how she was. I'm drinking, but it's for God, oh, right? Okay, so okay. it was funny. And That's then you hilarious. think of potions, and yeah. you think of like this being. Um, uh, a potions like master, a de- yeah. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Or an just, author um, for potions books. Someone who's making these drinks mm-hmm. that are kind That's of awesome. godly, yeah, right? Or they have, they have other powers That's to awesome. them. So it's cool. Next time I'll give you a, a matching task where you okay. have to match the names and I give you the different books. Maybe that will help. Good. Gotcha. You ready? <laughs> uh, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's not a joke. All right. What is, the, what is the first name of the executioner in this chapter? Walden. Gosh, dang it. I thought I had Where you. is Walden? Where is Walden in this? Well, he's not <laughs> doing an execution, okay? Because... No, he's trying to get the Dementors. Yeah, oh, fun fact, is. Walden, yeah, he had to... We'll learn this in this chapter. He had to sign the papers, not... Dumb, I mean, in the books and the movies, it was Dumbledore too, but actually, Dumbledore never signs the papers in the book for the execution. Dang. It was Walden. Differences. Why okay. change it? Anyway, uh, good job. Good job. Wonderful. See, I do learn something by making up these trivia questions. <laughs> yeah, you do. Edwardus. I don't know that I remember that one though. Lima. Lima beans. Lima. Okay. Yep. All right. Oh, you could. I give you an Eselsbrücke. Remember what an Eselsbrücke is? Like your donkey bridge. Donkey bridge. <laughs> we oh, make that up. a mnemonic. The thing, yes, the thing yeah. that helps you remember mm-hmm, or connect mm-hmm. certain facts. A donkey bridge. Facts. Yeah, yeah okay. we call it a donkey donkey bridge. Yeah. Is Edwardus, sounds like Edward, and Edward is a monster. Okay, I got you. He's a vampire. I got you. Twilight references. Let's go. I wonder if Edwardus Lima knew Newt's commander because they're both, they wrote books about beasts. Probably. That'd be cool. cool. Too bad we're not going to get any more fantastic. Oh, by the way, be on the lookout for... An upcoming theory that I have. I'm gonna try to drop some shorts and long form on this. And uh, gonna drop your shorts. Wow, I'm gonna drop some shorts. Wow. Um, no, not not this episode. <laughs> but uh, what's wrong with you? It's, it's two episodes in a row where you're just being silly. Uh, I have so to read the summary, so I gotta get. Yeah, you need to get composed. I gotta get a serious you face. Get, you've got to get. <laughs> she's more awake, guys. Though, so it's a weekend, so mm-hmm. Lottie's well rested. I think we won't have any problems. Like we had last time. Not. Um, but I, yeah, I'll be dropping something about Nagini. So if you guys oh, have yeah. thoughts on that, uh, again, the outpost is always open. We'd love to feature some of your thoughts and theories, you know, in terms of a, of a video. It could be a whole um, 
like a whole video dedicated to that, or it could just be a quick mention here in the podcast where we're doing clips on those things too. So be ready, be prepared, friends. Yes, send us these owls. Thunder through the owls. All right. Okay. Are you ready for the chapter? Ready. All righty. Chapter 21, Hermione's Secret. Later that night, after the Dementor's attack, Harry wakes up in the hospital wing. He keeps his eyes shut for a while to listen in on a conversation between Cornelius Fudge and Snape. The minister keeps praising Snape for his heroic act of catching Sirius Black. It takes him a couple of minutes until Harry realizes what is being said. Snape captured Sirius, and they still think he's guilty. Harry opens his eyes and sees Hermione in the bed next to him. She's awake too. Madame Humphrey comes over to check on both of them, but when she informs them that Sirius is safely locked up and will be kissed by a Dementor any moment now, the two jump out of bed at once. Fudge and Snape enter the room. Desperately, Harry and Hermione try to explain to the minister what really happened and that Sirius is innocent, but Snape insists that they have been confounded by Black and don't know what they're saying. None of the adults seem to believe them, until Dumbledore enters the hospital wing. He asks to speak to Harry and Hermione alone. This causes Snape to panic. It is his moment of glory, his revenge. He caught Sirius Black. Surely Dumbledore doesn't believe Black and the kids. But Dumbledore insists and Snape has no choice. He turns around and leaves. They don't have much time. Dumbledore sharply explains that he does believe them, but there's no proof for Sirius' innocence, except for their word. The only way to rescue him, and perhaps another innocent life, is to go back in time. He tells them where Sirius is kept, and reminds them again and again, they must not be seen by anyone. And with that, the headmaster leaves, locking the door behind him. While Harry has no clue what's going on, Hermione pulls out a golden chain with a little hourglass attached to it. She wraps it around her and Harry's neck, turns the hourglass three times, and moments later they find themselves in the deserted entrance hall. Hermione pulls a confused Harry into a broom cupboard and explains to him that they have just gone three hours back in time. She has been using this time turner all year long to take several classes at the same time, but wasn't allowed to tell anyone. Yet now they're on a mission. They need to intervene with tonight's events to save more than one innocent life. Harry and Hermione quickly figure out that it is Buckbeak they need to save first in order to fly up to the window where Sirius is kept and help him to get away on the hippogriff's back. So they sneak over to Hagrid's hut. To remain unseen, they find shelter on the edge of the Forbidden Forest. From there, they watch their own past selves enter Hagrid's cabin and leave again right when the Ministry Committee and Dumbledore arrive. They wait until the past versions of Harry, Hermione, and Ron are out of sight. Finally, Harry runs over to Buckbeak and unties him. He's extremely lucky that Dumbledore reminds McNair to sign the paperwork too. This gives him those precious extra seconds he needs. Harry bows before Buckbeak, the Hippogriff bows back, and Harry musters all his strength to lead the large beast by its rope into the forest. They manage to get out of sight right when McNair and the others step out of the hut, yet they can still hear the executioner swinging his axe into the fence out of fury, Hagrid's happy sobs, and Dumbledore's amused voice. A moment later, the adults have all gone back inside, and Buckbeak, Harry, and Hermione are left in silence. The three move along the edge of the dark forest, closer to the Whomping Willow, until they find a spot from where they can watch the events unseen. Like a movie playing in front of them, they watch first themselves enter the tunnel under the willow, then Lupin, and finally Snape. 
They have to be on guard constantly. Harry almost gets seen by a tipsy Hagrid when he attempts to go out and grab the invisibility cloak before Snape can reach it. Thankfully, Hermione pulls him back. She knows they can't mess this up. They must not be seen by anyone. Now, the two just have to wait for their past selves to come back out from the tunnel. They sit down for a moment, and Hermione shares a concern with Harry, something she doesn't quite understand. How come the hundreds of Dementors had let go of them and Sirius earlier? What drove them away? Harry admits that even though it sounds crazy, he thinks it was his dad he saw on the other side of the lake, casting an enormous Patronus in the form of an animal that saved them. Hermione's face saddens, but she's being honest with Harry and tells him that this unfortunately can't be true. Harry is deep in thought, and the two don't talk much for a good hour until they spot their past selves emerge from the Whomping Willow. It was incredibly hard for Harry to stay put, watch the events unfold again, and not do anything about it. Once more, they witness Professor Lupin transform into a werewolf. Suddenly, Harry realizes they have to move, right now, because he remembers Werewolf Lupin will come running towards them any second now. So they sprint back to Hagrid's hut and seek refuge inside the now deserted cabin. But minutes later, Harry decides to go back out. He needs to keep an eye on what's happening down by the lake, and he secretly hopes to catch a glimpse of whoever had cast the Patronus. Hiding behind a bush, right by the water, he can see himself, Sirius, and Hermione on the other side collapsing one by one. He waits and waits, but no one's coming to their rescue. And then, it finally clicks. Harry jumps out from the bush, and with the confidence that he's already done before, he conjures a bright, powerful Patronus in the shape of a stag. The beautiful, luminant animal chases the Dementors away, and when it returns to Harry, he recognizes who his Patronus is. It is Prongs, his father's Animagus. The Patronus disappears and Hermione comes running toward Harry, terrified about how much Harry had interfered with the past. At the same time, she's extremely impressed with the power of Harry's corporeal Patronus. Before they can discuss it any further though, they watch Snape show up at the scene. The potions master captures Sirius and makes the unconscious bodies of Harry, Hermione, and Ron float alongside him. This way he moves all four of them up to the castle. Harry and Hermione get ready because they know it's almost time. And when a few minutes later they notice McNair leave the castle to get the Dementors, they both mount Buckbeak and take off into the clear night sky. Once they arrive at the window of Flitwick's office, Hermione magically unlocks the window and a surprise Sirius quickly climbs on the Hippogriff's back. They fly up to the West Tower, where Harry and Hermione jump off. There is no time for a long farewell. Sirius is still in shock over their bravery and unable to fully express his gratitude. He just assures Harry that they will see each other again. With that, he and Buckbeak take flight, and soon their figures become smaller and smaller until they vanish into the darkness of the night sky. <sighs> wow. What a trip back in time. Uh-huh. Just yeah. unbelievable. Isn't it interesting that Dumbledore knows exactly how far back in time they, they need, need to, to go. go. Yeah, he, yes. A man in True. the present, okay, faced in the situation where he needs more time, but how much time, you know? Okay. And he just thinks 
hmm, I might need you. He already knows what's interesting, and we brought this up before. At the time that he says to Hermione, we need more time, three turns ought to do it. He already knows that Buckbeak has been saved. Yes. And he literally says more than one, right? I think more than one innocent life. Yes. Might be spared tonight. Exactly. He already knows that one has been. So the theory out there and the idea is that Dumbledore basically saw the evidence of time travel. Yes. Right? As he's as he's there, he somehow started to notice it. Like magic leaves traces. And so in a sense, this time travel bit with time turners, it does also have a charm. It has uh, a charm on the time turner that limits it to a certain amount of time that Mm -hmm. you can go back and take back and reclaim yeah so he is able to sense that power essentially as he's in hagrid's hut and makes the decision to stall for more time oh you mean by reminding mcnair to i think so i think so i think he does it might be seem like a picky like oh we all got to make sure that everyone signs who needs to sign type of person Uh uh-huh but he's like right he needs, so he needs just, to say something. Yeah. Just the right. By the, I mean, in that cha- in this chapter, Harry says it gave him the few precious seconds that he needed mm-hmm. to make the escape. Yeah. Right. And so that is done because of and in, in what gave those seconds to him was Dumbledore's actions. Yes. So if you want to call that, I mean, it's just too much of a coincidence to yeah. say that's what happened. And then afterwards, it, it, some people will argue that. Dumbledore just saw the evidence of time travel after maybe Buckbeak was saved. Mm-hmm. I believe he saw evidence of it on the way down. He also knows that he has a time traveling student yeah. and probably has been noticing evidence of that or, you know, mm-hmm. re- like, like, like sort of re- residual magic mm-hmm. or whatever in Hogwarts because Hermione is doing this and she's yeah. trusted to do it, right? Very That's few students are. So exactly. it's an interesting thing they've petitioned for. He's the headmaster. He needs to keep a close eye on all these things. That's actually yeah. his job at the end of the day, right? right? Lord Voldemort's not back yet. So he's still running his school and preparing Harry and his friends. So I just think it's cool. I think it's really cool that he knows exactly the time to send them back to. Yes. Um, to make sure that Bug, Buckbeak is is good. Because, yeah, yeah he's, he's lining all that up in his mind. So. Yeah, I like that you said he probably already knows that. I mean, he knows that Buckbeak is safe because back in time they back buckbeak was already gone when they came out the cabin it's gone uh mcnair was mad they get went back in (laughs) he and Hagrid had a brandy so he knows buckbeak is safe that means he tell but he still needs to go on tell harry and hermione Mm -hmm. because otherwise they never go back in time and save buckbeak right uh but i think he doesn't know yet if they actually succeed in rescuing sirius because that's why he says it's interesting. We all think he says more than one innocent life. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. knows they already saved Buckbeak, so he's actually talking about Sirius here. Yeah. And we all think he talks about someone else besides Sirius. Yeah, true, true. So that's interesting. Trippy. <laughs> yeah, just just kind of unbelievable. Trippy time travel. Yeah. All um, right. Be- before we get into their journey in time, back in time, I want to talk about Snape for a second. Yeah. And Snape tells the minister, so we open this chapter with their conversation. Uh, Harry and Hermione are in the beds of the hospital wing and they hear mm-hmm, the minister mm-hmm. and Snape talk. And Snape says they were confunded. Yeah. Now, I believe Snape is smart enough to know full well 
there weren't. Yeah. But I think this is such an extraordinary night for him. I think he's not himself right now at all. Yeah. And it helped me when I read, I, I, I looked back into um, Irvin Cateman's book Dumbl- about Dumbledore. And yeah. he describes the scene very well. How this and the next chapter, Dumbledore's treatment of Snape is very crucial in their relationship coming next year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they kind of broke apart for a little bit yeah yeah because for snape this is extremely triggering for many reasons right it's because back in the day he almost got killed yeah he did because sirius sent him to uh lupin to the werewolf and this night Sirius got away with it. He didn't. E- he didn't get expelled. We don't know what his punishment even was for doing that. Mm-hmm. Snape, on the other hand, he argues, was punished by keeping his mouth shut. He couldn't tell anyone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you shouldn't tell anyone about Lupin. It's not his fault. But yeah. also, that means someone like Sirius, who played that prank on him, which could have been deadly, mm-hmm. he had. He couldn't tell anyone. Yeah, great point. So. What that was is one. Yeah, what was the punishment for that? It's like they set him up. They could have accidentally got him killed. Yeah. And yet we don't hear that, that they were intentioned. I'm sure that they were. I'm sure that, that Dumbledore probably knows how serious that was mm-hmm. and said, hey, you guys are coming, you know, serious yeah. is coming to detention with him personally. It's not something that yeah. you assign to other teachers, right? No, yeah. So, because otherwise they're asking, well, why is Sirius Black in, in trouble? Mm-hmm. Uh, can't tell you that. Because right. that would let you know that I've allowed a werewolf to come in. Did the other professors know? I'm trying to th- remember if they knew. I'm guessing they did. I'm hmm. guessing that the staff, I think they did. I think the staff did know I to some degree. I think so too. Because that's a pretty big secret to kind of keep. Yeah, and you have to kind of tell them why Sir, uh, Sorry, Lupin every month feels a little rough and maybe will not... Right. attend classes for uh, some yeah time also why they shouldn't respond to the rumors out there at the shrieking yeah. shack too yeah, yeah so but but either way i still think it's something that um you know that uh, yeah so I, I bet he was given some form of punishment or detention but then snape is told just to keep his mouth shut yeah right and yes try to have some understanding for why dumbledore is allowing this yeah werewolf to come to school mm-hmm. so. yes and the other thing that absolutely bothers snape is that he thinks that sirius is partially responsible for lily's death right he Mm -hmm, blames mm -hmm. james and sirius and their arrogance and then obviously sirius for um telling on the potters that they're responsible and i think it's one way for him to kind of brush off his own responsibility and kind of find someone to blame Mm -hmm. other than him Mm -hmm. because he think he has that inside of himself he blames himself he was the one who actually told um, uh, Voldemort about the mm-hmm. um, yeah. prophecy you know if i saw something <clears throat> we were thinking about this kind of an interesting thing right so uh i, I did a short recently about sectum sempra and Ooh, yeah so harry dabbles with dark magic and yes. he uses a dark curse and almost gets someone killed draco yeah snape saves him and he saves Harry from yeah. that um, that guilt that he would have in terms of, of Draco's death, right? Yeah. There is no one to save Snape from the guilt yeah. that he feels. in turn, And that's why 
maybe in this chapter he is trying to blame Sirius Black more. Like, hey, we had this protection set up. Yes. You know, Dumbledore was protecting things. You messed it up. Yeah. Like, yes, I, I dabbled in, and I tried to make it right. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it failed. Harry, and it failed in terms of like, yeah, he lost people that he loved. Yeah. And, and um, Harry dabbles and there is no, you know, Snape saves him from having to face oh, the yes. same guilt. Yeah. Uh, gu- guilty conscious of losing someone like that he had to face. You know, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. We heard that in uh, Laurie Kim's book about Snape. Awesome. There we was, yes. yes yeah. That's where we got it from the the September thing. It was. It really blew my mind when she yeah. talked about it like this because there's something that Snape mumbles that we can't really hear, but you can kind of put your own interpretation into right. it. And he he was given. He was in charge of Draco. He was his protector that mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. And there's there might be more than we give Snape credit for. Yeah. Yeah. The, in terms of protecting, like his protective feelings for Draco. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, d- just to, to your point about yeah. Sirius Black, though, it's like because he felt like he was taking all the right steps to to make amends for yeah. telling the prophecy and for doing all those different things. Mm-hmm. He's helping Getting Dumbledore. Revenge. He's turned a double yep. agent, yeah. all that kind of stuff, whatever it takes. And he's, he's really trying to protect Lily Potter now. He's exactly. on that side. And to him, it feels like Sirius messed this up. Mm-hmm. And now, Dumbledore, you're still going to believe this guy. Yeah. He tried to get me killed. He messed up everything with the heat. And actually, yeah. what he believes right now is that Sirius is the one yeah. who, who betrayed them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so he's like that drives him insane. Really, in his mind, he is the good guy who came forward and said, mm-hmm. I messed up. I'm sorry. Here's what's going on. And in his eyes, he sees Sirius as the person who betrayed everyone yeah. and literally is evil and is what the wizarding the whole wizarding community believes that he is like Voldemort's number two guy, right? Number yes. one guy, whatever. Um, and so that is, yeah, it's it's bothersome for him, and he just can't he can't let it go. And then now to see up until this point, Dumbledore thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Literally, Dumbledore goes in, and people believe that he uses uh, legitimacy to. Yeah. To, to read Sirius Black's mind yeah. and to tell, ascertain yeah. that he is telling the truth. Um, yeah. He comes in, he hears the kids, same thing. He in a moment, just boom. He doesn't even have to think about it. He can just yeah. peek in there, the little kids. He can tell if they're telling the truth or not, right. and they are. Uh, and and so I think serious. because Dumbledore, he can also tell if somebody's confounded or not. And I think because Dumbledore is not out of his mind. We talked about this earlier, and we think, we earlier we said Snape, knows that they're not confunded and he just tries to tell the minister to kind of protect them from or to explain why they acted the way they acted but i think he convinced himself in this moment even though he's smarter than that he probably deep down knows they were not confunded but for him it didn't make sense for them to act like that if they were not so i think he convinced himself yeah sure somehow no they must have been confunded by by lupin and black somehow well in, in his mind, I would think, like, thinking all the way back to when Sirius Black did what he did, mm. no one expected it. So yeah. he's someone who killed all these muggles, blew up Peter Pettigrew, yeah. betrayed the... Po- it, you never would have saw it coming. Yeah. And so for him, it's easy for him, even though he's an, a brilliant wizard, mm-hmm. to be in there in the moment and think, something's wrong. Yeah. And he didn't hear the whole story, right? That nope. was the whole point. He wasn't there to hear everything. Right. So he can only assume that they must have been confounded some way. Yeah. All right. They, they had to be. And then they attack me. Yeah. They're attacking. Are you kidding me? They're attacking me, minister. So then he's actually playing sort of a noble yeah. um, individual, right? Who's yeah. just kind of like, look, I'm going to give them the, the like the benefit of the doubt here because 
Like, I was fooled by this guy. Everyone was fooled by Sirius Black back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. So, Minister, this is what's sort of going on. And we got to let you know, although I will say they get away with a lot Even of crap. Though, yes. I mean, they let's be make suspended. sure. Right. <laughs> I try, personally, I try to treat him like any other student. Cough, cough. <laughs> yeah. That's what he says. You know, I mean, I think actually, too, that Snape probably in this moment when he is captured black and brings him back and the Dementor's Kiss is being performed, I really believe that he is thinking in his own mind, I have avenged Lily Potter. Yeah. It's done. I have fulfilled my duty. I have played this double agent role. Sure, I can continue on. Maybe Lord Voldemort will come back. At the time, they have right. no, he, no evidence that this is going to happen whatsoever. He probably thinks this is all... I mean, I don't know how much Dumbledore told him right. about what he thinks is going to happen. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more than we think. but Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Right now, nothing really points towards uh, Voldemort's return. Right. And at least while. at least he's going to protect him while he is young until he yeah. becomes an adult. Right. They all think they have more time. They think it's right. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's going to be well into Harry's adult years where he will maybe have to face a returning Lord Voldemort. But there's just nothing. You know, Fudge, all of the Wizarding World can't believe it would happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's assumed that also Snape would, you know, I mean, could fall into that category too, want to go into denial and think it's not going to happen. But what has happened is that the person who everyone does blame and believe, truly believed in, in prison for 12 years in Azkaban, um, betraying the Potters, like that yeah. person has escaped and Snape has now caught them and turned them in. So in his mind, he's thinking Lily would be so proud of me. She would be yeah. so happy that, that I did this. I protected her son. I'm still protecting her son because he's over here. He might not have been confunded. Maybe he just believed and assumed this is his father's best friend. He somehow got uh, you know, tricked into believing his story, yeah. but I'm better than that. And it's just to have it all, to, for there to be no explanation and Dumbledore to just dismiss him. Mm-hmm. And it's because of time. He doesn't mm-hmm. have time. And the Dementor's kiss is not something yeah. that you can reverse. Yeah. So right. if, if he was just imprisoned again, you would have time to get more more data, more yes. evidence and present a case. But, there but there's no, no time. time. Yeah. And that's the yeah, that's the crucial point here that Dumbledore just dismisses him. And that's what Snape really hurts Snape in yeah. this moment. Right. Uh, also, who's been hurt is Cornelius Fudge, and I think even though this is not the only reason why, but it starts off the new relationship soon that's soon to come between Harry and the minister is when Fudge tries to tell Harry, lie back down. You know, they're all agitated because they're mm-hmm. trying to tell them Sirius is innocent. And so 
Fudge is like, um, Harry, you're confused. You've been through a, a dreadful ordeal. Lie back down. Now we've got everything under control. And Harry shouts at him, you haven't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. got the wrong man. And I think this, you don't have everything under control. This is what Fudge, abs- like he's haunted oh by yeah. that, right? Yeah. It starts with this whole ordeal with, black not catching black not knowing mm-hmm, where he mm-hmm, is not mm-hmm. being able to control this and right uh this unfortunately develops into him just denying everything yeah it will it will turn into his downfall because yeah. for the wizarding community they, they want to hear from fudge it. yeah they want to hear from fudge we got him right and actually what they do here the rumor is from the students that they did get him and mm-hmm. he still got away yeah so fudge had him and somehow he still slipped away. Even worse, right? it would have been actually in this case if he had listened to Harry, mm-hmm. everything would have been way better for him because then it would have been. Yes, it would be like a little. He solved a mystery. Like yeah, they solved the mystery and they caught Peter. Well, or now they are looking for Peter Pettigrew. Rewrite history. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but instead it's even more embarrassing that again Black got away and we still again or mm-hmm. s- are still looking for him. Right. It's amazing. That's what I mean. It's amazing that nobody went uh, to the kids and did a memory extraction or Veritas Serum. Oh, yeah. This this um, whole, we have to kind of take that out of the equation because no one understands. There is Veritas Serum. It seems like Snape has uh, some in his office uh-huh. ready to go because when Umbridge later asks him, he, he, yeah, just, he, has, he has a little bit of... Sure. And I get that at this point in time in the book series and the whole real world part of it, that it's not invented <laughs> yet or whatever, that she's not come up with some of these know. ideas. Yeah. But I will say this, though, is that you also have, you know, the word of Remus Lupin, a werewolf. Right. Can't trust him. Right. Or kids. Can't, right can't now we trust can't the kids talk. Yeah. It's, because it's the kids are just kids. Right. Yeah. Evidence. So they're all saying these things. They're all saying that Peter Pettigrew is the guy and but really all... Cornelius Fudge is is someone to, he just needs someone to blame. Yeah. He needs Peter Pettigrew. Um, but he has there's no way, there's no evidence, as Dumbledore says, to to convince him yeah. or anyone else. And so that's what's sort of mind blowing is that and, you know I mean he can't even convince the ministry to wait. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. just to not to say, Okay, you got the wrong man, you have to let him go. No, just wait a little bit until we investigate this more because these kids are saying something that might there true. might be onto something that might mm-hmm. be true. We yeah. don't know. So just postpone the kiss and just lock him up again. Well, they might argue, well, we w- locked him up once. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. They, he can escape again. But Right. There's different ways. Mm-hmm. There's different ways. They just choose to use Azkaban prison. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Unfortunate that like. Yeah. Because I want to I like rooting for Cornelius Fudge. I actually think he's an interesting uh, wizard. And I think he's this fun can be like a during a time of peace when there's mm-hmm. not a war going on um you know he's more into the economics business yeah. he feels like a business politician he's and somebody a little ridiculous who's, he makes himself more important than he is right I but mean, he's he, also jolly he's yeah. also pretty jolly and easy going and trying to see the like the lighter so, so then when things get more serious yeah. um and the pressure mounts he wants to immediately quell those things yeah. and uh, and starts to kind of he himself is fearful he knows the community's trained. He doesn't have all the answers in, yeah. in terms of uh, of all that. Now, everyone will argue, too, he's also been writing Dumbledore, right, for yeah. um, years now to, to kind of, like, get his advice on stuff, which is fine. You should seek out your advisors. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, when it came to Lord Voldemort or his followers, Cornelius Fudge falls apart. Yes. so He's not the right man for this particular time. He's also being influenced by Lucius Malfoy. 
and and other Death Eaters who who are you know high ranking and up there, right? Old pure blood families. So yeah. Okay. Um. What else you got? Well, then uh, there is urgency to stall for time to get more time. Harry Mm -hmm. has no clue what Dumbledore is talking about. He can't explain it. He counts on Hermione to lead this mission. Yeah, for which sure. Which is awesome. I love how it's described, how his eyes flicker over the, from Harry. He says, mm-hmm. we need more time. And his eyes flicker, flicker over to, to Hermione. Hermione. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. You lead this mission now. It is your time. It is your time to shine even wow. more. <laughs> right. It's awesome. It's it's actually epic. Yeah. And uh, She's a little boss. Yeah. She's an absolute boss. She just goes out she there. She needs a second yeah. to get her panic out of the way. Right, yeah. And then, oh, oh, right. now I know what you're talking Normally, she's so fast, but now she needs a second. And then once she knows, mm-hmm. she's locked in. She knows where to go. She knows what to do. And she also is very good at once they get into this moment, she's like, okay, explaining things to Harry, you know, um, mm-hmm. keeping them safe, keeping them um, yes. outside of interference or, or, or violating laws of time and stuff like that. She's doing all those different things. She knows how but serious then this is. She yeah. does. And then she'll turn to Harry, though, and say, what do you think? She yeah. also knows he's a leader. Yep. And she, being a good leader, will turn to him and say, yeah. okay, need your advice here. How's the best way to accomplish this? Should we skirt along the Forbidden Forest? What should we do? We have to keep out of sight. Yeah. Right? And this after they get Buckbeak, same thing. What do we yes. do, Harry? So, like, here's what we can't do. Mm-hmm. Right here are the parameters we need that you can operate in, uh, but like, what can we do? And it's just amazing. Yeah. It's just so well written, and she does such a great job, and she is just clutch. I love that Hermione that they go on this adventure, just the two of them. Yeah. Because last year it was Ron and Harry, right? Hermione couldn't help. Hermione right. was knocked out. Yeah. Now it's Ron who can't help. True. So they have to function in different constellations mm-hmm. as a team. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And in in both scenarios, Harry ends up alone in a crucial moment where he has mm-hmm. to. I mean, where Harry Step just up. steps up. Yeah. In yep. both moments, so um, we're gonna get to to this in a second here. But what's interesting in the book, and I really don't remember this, and I have no idea how really. It, it leaves me scratching my head head a little bit because they, she she turns the time turner three times and they travel back in time but also in place so in the movie we see them in the hospital wing and they it's it's actually very well done how the people around them just sped up mm-hmm. go yeah, backwards right. you know like the, you, you actually get the feeling of in a few seconds you travel back in time but they end up they're still in the hospital wing in the same room mm-hmm. and it's just deserted and they have to go from there whereas in the book it's the, i think let me let me read this so it's very different hermione turns the hourglass over three times and the dark ward dissolves harry had the sensation that he was flying very fast backward a blur of colors and shapes rushed past him his uh, his ears were pounding he tried to yell but couldn't hear his own voice and then he felt solid ground beneath his feet and everything came into focus again he was standing next to Hermione in the deserted entrance hall, and a stream of golden sunlight was falling across the paved floor from the open front doors. Now, I'm telling you, so this is awesome. Yeah. Because it does sort of help you with your placement. You, you as a time turner in a school for, a, for mm-hmm. the single purpose of just going to class, mm-hmm. you're able to sort of control the launching off point. You always know... Yeah where you are right when, when you went to class you know you went back mm-hmm. an hour you know that you're in defense against the dark arts yeah so as you leave defense against the dark arts and you do 
you go back an hour instead of staying right outside of that classroom mm-hmm. you actually go back to the entry hall so you're not closet. into yeah yeah right exactly so that way you are you're not catching yourself coming into defense against right. the dark arts right yeah so as you're coming in to the classroom right if and then when you come back out if yeah. you go back in time one hour you might see yourself coming right. into that classroom so that would be a problem so instead in the book the way it works is that we're going to go back an hour and actually instead of just going back in time we're going to move in location As well. down to yeah. the great hall yeah. the, the entry, the entry hall, hall. Yeah. and it looks like you're in a closet i mean yes. right it looks like you gotta step out of a closet so anybody walking by there yeah. is like hermione is like doing a quick like oh. wardrobe change here i know uh i think so my, th- my my theory how it works is like you said hermione has to be extremely careful who she's been like who's seeing her when yeah. she travels in time right it says you can't be seen by anyone well you can't really do that if you go to a class full of students oh and yeah a sure, teacher sure. but so she has to be extremely careful who she runs into because people talk to each other and like, sure. i mean they already <laughs> they already know like okay hermione seems to be in muggle studies while she's also in divination or whatever mm-hmm. and no one really seems to care yeah but um i think how the time turner is programmed air quote programmed is that it will help you pop up in a place that's close to either where you were or where you need to go, plus a place where no one's at. So you don't just pop out of nowhere in front of oh, you know, so you 10 might not different students. Gotcha. So you don't think it's always that same location or that same spot I that she's think, going to? I think the time turner helps you to be undetected, like to, to really... Mm-hmm as if it knows where no one's around right now and that's yeah. where you pop up yeah because it does have a charm on it that does limit the amount of time that you can go back because it exactly. is a control yeah, thing yeah, yeah. with the ministry and they want to make sure that um that it is top secret mm-hmm. right and she's trustworthy so that would make sense too if she's in defense against the dark arts and she's thinking i want to go back an hour and time maybe she has to be intentional in her mind mm-hmm. yes. and think i, I want think to you go can back give it a direction right but the time turner helps you because you don't really know back in time where there was a place where no one's around. So the time turner kind of helps you with that, but you can give it a gentle direction. That's Dang, where I want to go. It would almost need like Marauder map access. Yeah. You know, yeah. to know kind of where things are. It, so. Yeah. It could be a similar kind of magic. Right. That they use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be crazy because we know that exists and it's actually in this very book where we learn about the Marauder's map and yeah. the time turner together. So those two pieces of magic, it's that's cool to think that it would just be able to pop you in and out or i wonder what jk rowling thinks about that though is it really yeah is it just the same closet that she goes to is there a designated spot where time Could turners because be. maybe there's more than one time turner at at school right and do they all just sort of pop in and out of that same closet would that be a problem um or would there be like a small room where each of them is sort of like hey hi how's it going yeah. and like percy's also traveling back in time <laughs> she's be. traveling back in time to hit their classes and they're in this designated room and then they're off and running to their next class well right? it doesn't seem like they're they don't uh, pop up in the closet, but actually oh, she in, pulls the, him into in the, the entrance hall. And then Harry is so confused that she's like, come in here. She pulls him into the closet and explains everything to him. And yeah. then they hear it. And she also knows they're on their way, like their past selves are on their way down to Hagrid's hut. So they, she knows they're going to come by any minute. So they go into the closet, listen, they hear themselves. That's interesting though, is that, that it put, see, that's why I think it's just a designated spot. Hmm. And because it almost puts her in the path of her former True, self. True, but what happens? Wouldn't you think if that was just how it works, that Hermione would have been seen by people just 
Yeah, yeah. I think right now when Dumbledore is saying you, don't, you can't be seen, mm-hmm. he really just means like we're doing something illegal. Yeah. Right. When you're using the time turner illegally, I don't think it matters that like she left her classmates up in the defense against the dark arts room and she went back an hour in time to a different set of students. And, and, right. You know but saying? then she materializes in the middle of the room. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's why I'm saying like there needs to be a private spot like yeah where because she would all of a sudden they would turn and she would just be gone right, right? so yeah. she also is like taking that out stepping over to the side and right. do, and then turning it so yeah. is she always leaving Ron and Hermione and go ducking into a room or a closet like you, yeah. you know what I'm saying so they would just turn around and she'd be gone hmm. can she just what if her, what if someone was walking behind Ron and Harry uh, and they see Hermione just vanish. Yeah, you know what I'm saying they so would. Yeah, so she awkward. has to go somewhere. She has I'm to sure. go somewhere, yeah. and I don't know. But yep. interesting though. Careful. I never thought about the yeah. fact that she's moving in uh, location as yep. well as time too. So yeah, that's can, definitely new. <laughs> yeah, different. And then yeah, the two just uh, go on their mission, and they are successful rescuing Buckbeak because thankfully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore stalls for time a little bit. Yep. And uh, by the way, I love. I, I'm going to say something about that later. I love how buckbeak accent is described in this chapter Mm. um but they have to then find a spot so after rescuing buckbeak now they have to wait for quite a while because all the events still have to happen where they go down go to the shrieking shack and lupin comes snape come then they come back out so they have to wait for the right moment now to go fly buckbeak up to the window where sirius is at Mm -hmm. and yeah so they're just watching themselves yeah, and Harry describes chilling. it again and again. Harry says it's one of the strangest sensations mm-hmm. he's ever felt. Like he actually had problems to realize, to actually understand what's happening because you're watching yourself over there. Right. I mean, imagine like, if we were, if, if I just looked in the kitchen and like we just saw you, you over there working, <laughs> me and you just like I know. making breakfast. That would be so morning. crazy. That would yeah. be wild. I'd be like, what? Hey, hello. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> uh, the other thing is, have you ever, have you ever been sort of, I don't know, out and about, and you thought that you're being watched. Have you ever had the feeling of being watched? I guess so, but not really. I know. Yeah, have everyone, you ever heard people say that? See, yes, absolutely. Oh, I, never, I have. I never really felt that that you know, almost like your neck's pr- proclaiming yeah. someone's watching you. No, I've never really felt that. That just tells me that at some point in the future, oh. I must. Get access to a time turner. Oh, it's or you who watch yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm watching myself. <laughs> and I'm watching us. You know what I mean? And you yeah. were probably in the future like, you know, you're like, sweetie, I don't want to do it. You go ahead and do it. It's, yeah. it, it. Is it safe? Are you sure? It's safe. And I'm going to go back and like, re- I'm, well, I'm like 90 years old, hopefully. I don't know. That'd be crazy, <laughs> right? Maybe not. I don't know. But go Murphy? back in time and you see yourself and, and you just sort of like uh, relive some moments. Be yeah. fun. Could you imagine if that was a technology in the future that we had that we could do that? Oh, I know. And That'd be I mean, crazy. Who knows? I don't think I would even want to do that, but I just think it's like you know the it's nuts. The things that our grandparents, our great grandparents, they grew up with, and now the world how it is now, it's so different. So different. I mean, and you and I they are would think into that. they would think the internet and phones are magic. Honestly, I know that's what I mean. Like you and I are able to just like fly over to Germany yeah. and do our thing and like talk. Yeah. You know, we're able to podcast right now and, and, and people can listen and, and yeah. hear and, and, and yeah, I don't know, we can we make friends all around the world just because we're doing a Harry Potter podcast. Like that's that's the wildest. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. crazy. And also what's interesting is I think when we talk about this whole time traveling and watching yourself in, you know, you're kind of in the same time, but this is your past self. How come... 
that we live our lives always from our perspective, right? We see the world from our perspective. Mm -hmm. But then in our dreams, often the perspective changes and we watch ourselves. How does that happen if it comes from our consciousness, subconsciousness somehow, the dreams, but then you almost like you leave your body and you watch yourself from above? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, it's. I think, because I'm just a big believer in this now, that it's um, our souls are eternal, infinite. Yeah. And they're outside of space and time. Yeah. And when we sleep, I think, you know, it's like this dream realm uh, that we're in. It's a, yeah, that's a really interesting one. I think yeah. it's like, I don't know, because I've seen stuff that's so weird, mm-hmm. right? And that it's it's stuff in the future, it's stuff in the past. It's just sort of crazy. Yeah. So and and sometimes maybe, I believe I almost everyone probably had dreams where they watch themselves. Sometimes you have a dream from your perspective and sometimes, though, mm-hmm. you are a third perspective. Yeah. And sometimes you are person. the snake. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you are professor I, I i was a snake <laughs> I, it was me <laughs> uh, sorry i just thought of something but um i'm yeah. gonna say it here oh in, in, inappropriate um well i thought of something earlier by the way i just i've it's been burning inside of me i was gonna say save it for the end but uh <laughs> when you were reading you know you, you were talking about harry waking up unconscious right in the in the hospital wing yeah and you said that uh hermione also woke up in the bed next to him <laughs> <laughs> oh, not in the bed next to him, but in the bed. In the bed next to next him. Next to him, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, I and know. then later, and then she pulled, and then him she into pulled the in the closet. closet. I was like, stop. I can't. I know. Go go back and listen. And if you see the video version, I'm grinning. You can see when I start to grin on my face because I'm just sort of like, hold it together. I know. Don't I held it together too. Okay. Don't, 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 don't be inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking earlier about relationships and Harry and uh, you know power couples rooting for Harry Harry and Hermione oh my god there was evidence for our guys like trust me JK Rowling was (laughs) setting it up and I was like what Mm -hmm. sorry anyway just thought it was funny and back to being serious serious all right all right all right well um yeah what do you got Harry almost got seen a couple of times but especially this moment when he thinks about okay what could he change and he is way more because he's not experienced with time travel he has way more things he wants to do Mm -hmm. hermione reminds him no this is not our mission we can't do that we can't be seen you got to be really careful there's we only have to save Sirius. we can't change anything else you can't catch peter uh how are you supposed to find a rat in the dark right and um harry has to learn that right and the reason why sorry i know you have a Mm -hmm. point go go for it go sorry no uh, uh, okay go for it so he almost went out and took the invisibility cloak uh-huh. before Snape could get to the Whomping Willow and get it. Yeah. So, but the theory is he can't do that because already back then, there's already them time traveling in that moment because they are in that time right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Even when it happened earlier, Hermione already held him back not to go True. and get it. So yeah. there was basically zero possibility that he would succeed in doing that right now because mm-hmm. it's already happened that way mm-hmm. right yeah so that's the whole paradox of the thing uh that they do have free will but the free will already p- played out so they yeah. can't change that right now because this is already how it happened that hermione held him back and thankfully she did because hagrid you know mm-hmm. when dumbledore asks him let's have a brandy because buckbeak got away let's celebrate right so hagrid was right. a little tipsy and uh going up to the castle and he would have seen harry Right. So, for example, like like we've always said, if they had have actually seen Buckbeak be executed, then there was no way to ever save Buckbeak. Exactly. If it happens in the first timeline or the timeline, right, it has to stay self-consistent. Yeah. 
So if there's no evidence that it did happen or didn't happen, then you don't. Yes. Right? So. Y- you heard us before. If you've uh, listened to oh, episodes gosh. before, you know what we're talking about, hopefully. Or not. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're still. talking a lot. What the heck? <laughs> so, like, Dumbledore cannot... Um, Dumbledore influences the past, but it's because he's already done it. Yes. And it was already done by them. And he just saw it and he was telling them to do it in the future. And they go yeah. back and do it. And it's just freaking nuts. Yeah. Why can they save Sirius? Well, because in their timeline, he has not yet been. Had they mm-hmm. had waited till the Dementors kiss happened, they could never have changed it. No. That's, that's the, what Dumbledore knows. And that's why it's so urgent. Right. That's why in the, that's, that's the way J.K. Rowling sort of set this up. She looked for a time travel principle where there mm-hmm. would not be um there'd be closed loops right and, they and couldn't go crazy with all the other yeah events. you can't create no. other timelines no. and and things like that that's why the uh, cursed child is so crazy is yeah that they actually then do all of a sudden they up, can yeah. yeah they open up a different form of time travel where you can go back in time as far back as you want and change something that is already happened it yeah just, you can't yeah so the self-consistency principle is what sort of guides time travel in the prisoner basket mm-hmm. has to be uh, consistent right yeah so okay okay so we know that harry did not go out and snape does find the invisibility cloak and everything happens at the shaking shack and they're just sitting there uh hermione shares with harry that she she's always been wondering how did the always <laughs> for the two hours three hours she's been wondering how did the dementors um what drove them away why did they survive this or why are they not all or at least serious why have they not been kissed by a dementor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everyone passed out no one knows but harry shares the thought with her i think it was my dad yep yep and i don't know how i would have reacted reacted if uh, one of my best friends shared that with me and since they know they're in the wizarding world they know there's things they can't explain Mm -hmm. but hermione She's almost like concerned yeah. that Harry has false hopes. Yeah. You, you, you know, um, for sure. I Think about this. If somebody says that they've seen something, a ghost or a spirit, or they've had an experience that is supernatural. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, their initial thing is like, what are you? Are you serious? They, you're what? Are you deranged? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they go to insulting and they just can't. Me, and I think sometimes people have, uh, I, I. Because you don't want to, oh, it's such a fine line. You don't want to entertain someone who truly is and who who, who does have some mental yeah. issues and disabilities or things that are kind of going on, and you don't want to sort of feed that. I get that, right? Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, I am not gonna say it doesn't exist. If there's somebody, right. if somebody says that they saw something that is just unexplainable, right? I mean, you, c- okay, you saw it. I'm okay, open, we can't I'm explain open. it right now. Yeah. But you saw what you saw, right. and she even says like, maybe was he a ghost? Right, right. She starts Which to kind of Which is a possibility mm-hmm. if, you know, mm-hmm. we know that people exist as in ghost form after they have passed. Um, but Harry says, no, he didn't look like one. Right. And um, they kind of have to leave it at that, though, because they see themselves come back out. Mm-hmm. And they don't solve the mystery here just yet. Yeah. Uh, and when they realize, and this is kind of interesting, I love how they played it out in the movie. It was very clever to have Hermione howl and influence it that way a little bit and uh because what would be yeah (laughs) what would be a clever way to turn lupin around and away from the kid drive him away from the kids um in the movie and but that's not how it happened in the book he just i think it was because Sirius attacked him he just ran away 
and then um they have to move because he just darts towards the forest that's where they are so they go back to Hagrid's cabin actually because no one's there Hagrid went up to the castle and they arrive there it's super cute Buckbeak like, curls up in front of the fire he's tired mm-hmm. and Harry's like no I gotta go I gotta like he says I gotta keep track of the events but also he secretly hopes mm-hmm. I maybe I can see my dad out there yeah, and yeah. for him it's like well all of like Peter came back even though everyone was thought he was dead right Sirius was there Remus was there all the marauders were there is it possible why is it so impossible that maybe his dad too like Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. last of the marauders also would show up and the cool thing is he did (laughs) yeah and this made me very emotionally yesterday to think about how beautiful this is the symbolism of Harry thinks he sees his dad but then he realizes it was me but then it was also his dad through him because Harry conjures up his Patronus. And first of all, I thought, what what memory did he use to conjure up this powerful Patronus mm-hmm. in this moment? Was it just the memory of himself doing it? Like mm-hmm. the realization it was me? Yeah. And did that make him so happy? Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't know. It's never. He never talks about it. And then... Um, when uh, his Patronus comes back, he realizes it's prongs. Mm-hmm. And it's really like, you know, Patronus means protector. And it's it, it's him, prongs, who protects Harry from within. He's yeah. inside Harry, right? It's the, the whole Lion King theme. Mm-hmm. He's in here. He's always with you. He's inside yeah. of you. Yeah, it's like really like those people never leave us yeah. because they are inside of us. They are who shaped our lives. And, and yeah, I just think it's so, so cool how Harry... It's his power from inside, but it's also his dad who helps him and who, who comes out in yeah. the form of the Patronus. Yep, yep, for sure. So. You know, and I think even, too, when you're first reading this series, like we've talked about, um, you wonder, as you said, Pettigrew's back, Sirius is there, Remus is there, we're missing one marauder. Mm-hmm. All that Harry has really heard, and he just knows his parents were killed, he doesn't really have all the details. Like. Yeah. Did they find his father's body? Or did they? Did, were there, was there evidence of the Avada Kedavra curse? No one ever talks about that, and so you start to wonder: Did he? Yeah. Could he have actually been alive? When you're yeah. first reading this, you would start to scratch your head and go yes. backwards and think: Is there a anybody? type of magic we just don't know yet? Yeah. And there is a couple we learn about later, right? Like the Resurrection Stone. They mm-hmm. the ghosts appear or the the spirits appear. Then there's ghosts. There's portraits. There's right. different ways to communicate with your Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with your loved ones who have passed. Yeah. When, I mean, in Goblet of Fire, like all, like again, all of the, when the wand cores connect and, and the, and yes. And the wand connection, yeah, their spirits return. So to speak with the dead at that point, he's mm-hmm. speaking with his, with his yeah. parents and Dumbledore is like, wow, that is some powerful stuff. Yeah. What do you, what, like, what are you talking about? That's very, very, very hard, ancient, uh, powerful magic. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it just like, I think, yeah, when you're reading this the first time, it is still possible because, uh, the impossible has happened. Everyone said Pettigrew yeah. is dead, yeah. but yet he's not. That's just what everyone told us. So just yeah. because they told us James is dead did, at the time yeah. when this was written, it was a great spot to kind of like yeah. not go super in detail about what happened to the Potters. Just mm-hmm. he was attacked. Like we don't know was was James. I mean, look what happens in the movie. Anyways, what they did with Bellatrix. Like she's just pff, gone. There is no body. There's nothing. When Molly oh, yeah. easily gets her, she's done. So there's different ways to, you know. <laughs> Did you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. Like, sorry, sorry, it's no, it's not funny. But I just, um, I just had to think about uh, y- yesterday. We watched Darth Maul 
uh, yeah. like, defeated, but hey, there he is. Comes, Cut in come, half, falls come, down a thing. Comes back. No problem. We're bringing him back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it, like, that's what these stories do. Yeah. And they, they, that um, they're heroic. They're fantasy stories. Yeah. And so anything can sort of happen in, in the strange and obscure yeah. can take place. So, But also the yeah. acceptance of, no, this is, they have passed into another realm. It's good. Yeah. It's you have to accept that. Yep. They are not going to be back here like they were before, but that mean that doesn't mean they're gone. Gone. Mm-hmm. They're still inside of us. They still yeah. are with us. They and still, that's they I think still can the speak to us. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great. You're talking about dreams earlier, and it's like mm-hmm. I've had so many dreams oh, where yeah. where my mother has come back and yeah. spoken yep. to me, and yes. you're like, wow, that's something. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. Um. Yeah, I mean, really, the the last thing they have left to do is they just watch Snape. I mean, Hermione, first of all, is shocked that that Harry messed with time, but at the same time, it's okay because he's done it before. It's part already of the it whole explains thing. The mystery explains right. Yeah. So, uh, and then she is, I think, very impressed mm-hmm. that Harry managed to conjure up not just a little Patronus with some silvery light, mm-hmm. but an mm-hmm. actual Patronus who drove away hundreds of mm-hmm. Dementors. Yeah. Right. So I think that really opt. Uh, she already knew that Harry is a great caliber wizard. Yeah. She knew that when uh, first in the first book, she told him, you know, books and cleverness, well, that all really doesn't matter. I think you're, you're brave and mm-hmm. she knows he's a good wizard. You're he's a great, a powerful wizard. wizard. Yes. Harry. Yes. Yeah. And, um, but I think this even more, uh, made her realize how much he has inside of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that power, as soon cool. as we talk about like the, the knowledge of spells, you know, and I think Hermione knows a lot in books and yeah. cleverness, like you just said, right. But um, to be able to conjure one spell that is extremely powerful that mm. can drive away that many Dementors, mm-hmm. it's sort of what we see Aberforth Dumbledore do later on when he, at least, at least in the film, uh, cast his Patronus and boom, yeah. saves everybody from the, from the Dementor attack. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just the power within and it being unleashed in a particular um, spell or what yeah. have you. So I mean, again, I'm gonna say it, Professor Lockhart, powerful, <laughs> powerful in terms of memory charms, like really True. powerful stuff. True. So just not right. as versatile, but right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, the last thing for them to do is uh, wait for Snape to take everyone upstairs, and then McNair comes out to get the get the Dementors, and they know now. It's time and they have to hurry up because they have really, really, they're very limited on time. They have no clue how they're going to do it yet, yeah. but they just mount Buckbeak. Let's go. Hermione, by the way, hates it. She hates flying. Yeah. And we get that from the first movie on, right? She's never been into flying. That's yeah. the one thing she doesn't want to deal with Right, right. is being on a broomstick or anything that flies. So mm-hmm. she's afraid of flying and uh, she still gets over her fear and they um, count the windows Mm-hmm. to Flitwick's office, I think 13th from the left or something on the West Tower. Yeah. And they, uh, Alohomora, the window open. Mm-hmm. And Sirius is surprised, but he knows, okay, we got to go. Go. And he jumps on, they go up the tower, and that's where Hermione and Harry um, get off. And unfortunately, there's no, I mean, there's so much to say between Harry and Sirius in this moment, and they know they can't say everything right now. Mm-hmm. There's so much unspo- so many unspoken things between them in that, yeah, in that few moments before they leave, right, right. But Sirius says uh, he's certain they will see each other again, which is nice. And then he says, "You're truly your father's son." Yeah. And I hope 
said Harry, even after hearing all this about the marauders and his dad, and he has not really seen anything yet, all the, you know, bullying they did. But this year, his picture in his mind, his image of his father has crumbled just a little bit. And I hope Harry still takes it as a compliment. I hope Harry knows deep inside. Yes, his father has done things that were not great. Mm-hmm. That, you know, as a teenager, you're in a group. You get strength from your peers, like being together. And there's this one kid who also tries to be friends with your girlfriend, the girl that you like. Mm-hmm. So that's another mm-hmm. factor why they they um, chose Severus to... I mean, Severus also already... I don't know. He he almost asks for it to to get in a fight with them, right? He's this weird kid. He's a Slytherin. There's already this rivalry. He also likes Slytherin, and there's a lot of things that James shouldn't have done for sure. Yeah. But I think I do think he has changed uh, once they got married and had Harry, and I think all that having a family yeah. must have changed him. Yeah. And um, I hope Harry is proud to be to be James's son. Yeah, I think he is, and I also too. Just in James's defense, it's like. Seems like Sirius was the one who actually would push mm-hmm. things over uh, the line and their best buds. And, and it was James who came to his senses and saved Severus, yeah. right? But also was like, dude, he probably went back to Sirius like, you can't do that. Like, what? Crossing lines, man. Like, you got to slow. You're my best friend. But, like, we almost got somebody killed. Yeah. Like, there's, there's there's joking around. Yeah. And then there's, like, you take it too far. Yes. And, and Sirius, Sirius is the guy who I think takes take it, it too far. far. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But uh, we need to just. of his, you know, name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. we need to discuss Sirius' character and his whole history, family situation when he was young, growing up. Terrible, right? I mean, he left home yeah. and li- kind of lived with his best friend because yeah. he had nowhere else to go. So. Right. Um, crazy. But yeah, crazy chapter. Good chapter, though. Great chapter. Great and, chapter. Uh, Can't believe this all happened in just one chapter. Whoops. I, know right. I got rid of the doc. Because um, it feels like it's such a big part of the movie, the, the last part there. And they relive everything. Yeah, yeah. But cool stuff with time turning, and uh, we do save we do save Sirius, and this is great. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to dive into his character arc more and all the different backstory between the Marauders and Snape and everything uh, that's going to be coming. We're going to put that kind of on hold though for Goblet of Fire. Uh, we'll get back to that in the Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince when we really get into all the different memories and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we just need to go. It's kind of weird when you think about all the different story, the plot lines, and mm-hmm. all the connections they and pick stuff. Up it's again. sort of like, hey, we're just going to take Goblet of Fire and we're just going to go nuts. Goblet of Fire just goes oh, crazy. I know. So we still have one more chapter to come uh, to finish off of the the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. But I cannot wait for Goblet of Fire because it's so, it's just so different. I know. And it's so like what it just expands the world, mm-hmm. right? It's this huge world. We see book. wizards from other countries. Yeah, I can't wait. It's awesome. I love the Quidditch World Cup so because it never lived. The movie definitely doesn't live up to the book. So I right. can't wait to get into the whole. Yeah. I love the movie, but situation. it just doesn't. It, I love the movie because I love the book. But then yeah. I know that's why people also hate the movie because they're like, I love the book and uh, it doesn't live <laughs> up. So yeah, where's the Quidditch match? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Um, anyway. All right. Uh, well, friends, thank you guys so much. Uh, again, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it's probably right here this on Wednesday. So let us know <laughs> if we got it right. Chiefs win. Um, calling that one. And uh, I think they win by about 10 points. So you guys let Did me know travel? how I. Do you travel in time? You guys let me know. Did you, come, you know, actually, just come back and tell us? I actually just wrote down like, oh, I want to do some investigation after this. Like when were time turners created and were mm-hmm. were they created um, as a weapon against Grindelwald? 
possibly you know where they where they where they created Ooh, you think they didn't exist during his time and they, they might create, not, they i don't know i haven't looked into any of the research on it or anything i'm just going to go do some research myself and see because um what grindelwald is using during that time is what was it called the uh sort of the q u but the little uh, fantastic beast that he uses to see oh quillen a quillen thank mm-hmm. you he uses um to that to fit to to see forward right true yeah time. yeah it helped him to, to see the future somehow to do some divination right. stuff and yeah dumbledore had to do things at random right mm-hmm. he had to use you know like that was that yes. was trippy how they how they how they combated interesting yeah. him so you wonder if there might not be a device that comes out of all of this some invention or something um that dumbledore hmm. might use i've always wondered like what are all the things that he did to circumvent grindelwald uh yeah. even though he had the elder wand grindelwald how ha- has yeah. the elder wand how does Dumbledore beat him? Is it just on straight skill? Like Dumbledore's just better than the Elder Wand. I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, but I, we've not we've not really seen that duel actually happen, yeah. right? He's not been apprehended. So, sorry, Fantastic Beast is just on my mind. And I thought with the time turn, I've made a note in here to go back and check those things out before we get too deep into the series. Uh, friends, again, this is the moment of the show where if you have anything you want to send us in to uh, read, uh, please do so. We'd love to read that, and we're checking the email daily, so that's floorandbill at gmail.com uh, or messages. We actually have a few comments that are really good on the YouTube channel. I think we're going to start pulling oh, yes. those and yep. featuring some of those because they're just fascinating. I cover a wide range of topics on on the extended edition, and mm-hmm. people people's comments are sometimes like paragraphs long. I know. It's great. And they get the discussion going. It's wonderful. And things we've never thought about. So please keep doing that. It's so fun to read. Yeah. Yeah. And the polls actually is another great uh, spot where people go in there and they, I uh, have great, uh, great conversations. So, all right, friends. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning into Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope that you'll join us in the future. We do thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like babbling, bumbling bands of baboons. Baboons. Uh, now, uh, please do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, by subscribing, you will get all of the episodes in your feed. You'll be updated when we drop a new one. So, and also tell a friend. Uh, we've never asked this before, but I thought. <laughs> Maybe it's a good time for you listeners to tell a friend about Shell Cottage Radio, a cozy Potter podcast where everyone belongs and we would love to have more positive Potter people. And don't forget, don't forget to follow on social media at Fleur and Bill. If you truly enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. We appreciate you to Luna and back. On our next reread episode, we will wrap up our journey through Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban with Chapter 22, Owl Post, again. So make sure to tune back in next time. And until then, have a great rest of your week. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. 